Hey, welcome everybody. This is Table Talk, your healthy theological radio addiction. My name is Brent Kuhlman. I'm here with uh, Adam Moline, Clint Poppy. We've been revisiting uh, the scriptural teaching on Christ descending to hell, taught in 1 Peter 3. And as Paul says in Colossians, that he, on the cross, he made a public spectacle of Satan and all, all of hell. And uh, that's connected. But we, we were, we, we're going to continue this because I think it's worth it. It's worth exposing people to this because it's, it's hardly talked about at all, at least in our circles. And so we need to help people uh, on this topic, resource them so that they can diagnose if they listen to Christian radio or if they buy a book at the bookstore like Rob Bell's Love Wins. You know, I'm sure you can still buy that, you know. Yeah, it's... It's bad. It's hard to read. It's written poorly. Well, I it's remember. Not logical. I remember when it came you, out. He he made it on Nightline, and and you know? it might not be in the Christian section anymore because I think he's abandoned the Christian faith has publicly. He? Has he so, really? Yeah. Well, there you have it. False teachers. His conscience has now seared, as Paul warns of these false teachers in First Timothy. In any event, where we want to resource people on this so they can diagnose what they hear and read, whether it's even American evangelicalism like Donald Blesch or Roman Catholic. Uh, teachers. So, Clint, you were talking about Donald Blesch. Could you sum up, and then let's transition into the Roman Catholic teaching on this. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is almost bizarre. Most Lutheran Christians just take for granted those words. He descended into hell. They don't think about it. It's a non-issue. It's a non-starter. And that that this phrase in the Apostles' Creed for non-creedal Christians like many of the folks in the Reformed and Evangelical camp has become the product of this wild and crazy speculation. The, uh, the teaching that uh, Blesch clearly um, explains this uh, divine perseverance is that God is continually chasing after people. He, uh, he wants no one to suffer in hell, love wins, love is uh, conquering all. He doesn't like to talk about people that are condemned or eternally condemned. He uses the phrase, they're simply not yet saved. So just for clarification, Blesh is teaching that God continues to chase after people even after they die. He's he's trying to, to win them to faith even after they're dead, correct? Correct. All right. That he fills all things. Mm-hmm. That that means he certainly fills hell. That the gospel is proclaimed in hell, and he doesn't like to talk about people getting a second chance. It's just they haven't had enough time yet to uh, to hear and be converted. What, what does he say about hell? I mean, is hell hell? And if it is, then why isn't everybody just? I don't want to be in hell. If it is what Scripture says, why don't people in hell, when they realize that, just say, okay, yeah, you're right, I convert. There's your point. And so it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before people will stop being stubborn in their refusal to... Because love wins. ...to allow the love of God to surpass everything. And again, you know, Clint, I, I know that I may throw you a wrench here, and if I do, you can you can tell me, we can you can continue your summary, but... Doesn't this, this is the gift of the Lutheran Reformation learned from the scriptures and the apostles is the proper distinction between the law and the gospel. Is this, is this what Blesch fails to do? Um, Blesch, Blesch, Blesch has, has several issues that are going on here, but the proper distinction between the law and the gospel is always 
a way because uh, the Lutheran confessions even teaches teaches us that this is a a proper way that that all of God's word is either law or gospel. And as Pastor Moline brought up in one of our previous programs, I don't know if it was the last program or two programs ago or whatever, because when I said that love was Blesh's material principle, Pastor Moline said, well, what do you mean by that? You're only talking about half of love. Love that basically isn't love at all that says anything goes. And so a proper distinction between law and gospel would say that there is an aspect of love which says there is a right and a wrong, and that right and wrong has consequences and makes a difference. So, so that, the love that says to my three-year-old daughter, you may not go in the street, and so I've set a boundary that she needs to stay within uh, because I love her and I don't want her to get run over by the crazy cars driving 30 miles an hour down our road. And so that's what God does in all of his law. He gives a, a boundary, stay inside of this so that you're not hurt or harmed or damaged or led from the faith, right? Correct. And a proper distinction between the law <laughs> and the gospel would see that there is an aspect of love which says, no, and there is an uh, that to say love means that there is no no and everything goes is the opposite of love. Love, according to the gospel, is that God sent his son to pay the penalty for all of our unloving thoughts, words, and deeds, and that true love does win in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you fail to have Christ at the center of your theology, when you fail to believe the simple and bare words of Scripture, and when you fail to properly distinguish between law and gospel, you end up with the kind of errors that we've been talking about here. So let me see if I can, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. I want to see if I've got this right with Blesh. So Blesh, what he's, the, the, let me say it this way. Pardon me. The Scriptures clearly teach that the law reveals our sin, that it reveals God's wrath, it makes sin even more sinful, etc., and that the wages of sin is death, and that doesn't mean just physical death, it means eternal death, apart from Christ. Okay? So the scriptures clearly teach that the law, the Ten Commandments, do not save us, they do not forgive us our sins, instead it does what I just mentioned. Now, Blesh seems to eliminate that in, apart from what? Christ right? Apart from Christ. Is, he, that, is that correct? Uh, it is correct. He has a uh, misunderstanding, I would believe. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he has a misunderstanding of the it is finished words of Jesus on the cross. In which Jesus then endures the damnation of the law in our place. Correct. So without this proper understanding, then what he's done is he's, he's made the law into the gospel, and he's made the gospel into the law. Correct. He's, he's merged the two, and he can't properly distinguish. Correct. Okay. Correct. And uh, this, um, this uh, it's a type of universalism, and like he calls it a particularism within a universalism. Well, this, he's like a Jesuit. This, these are what Jesuits do. They slice the theological baloney so thin that you can't keep it all straight. Sorry, that's quite harsh, Which, but, but that's very similar. That's how American evangelical scholars like Blesh are like Jesuits. You read Jesuit theology, and they do the same thing. 
All these fine distinctions the scriptures don't necessarily teach. Uh, and I think Luther calls that sophistry. Yes. Go ahead, Adam. You no, want. I was just thinking, talking about Jesuits might be a good transition into where we're going, because <laughs> I think that's where we're headed with this uh, uh, this next lady, the Speer lady from Sweden, and von Balthasar that we've made mention to several weeks ago, yeah. and that we're, we're headed to talk about. All right, we teed it up for you, Clint. Von Speer and von Balthasar. Tell yeah. us. Well, there, there are certainly some uh, similarities between Blesch's understanding of this uh, divine perseverance, this uh, eternal God chasing after people and that love wins, Rob Bell, and the uh, Roman Catholic teaching of the harrowing of hell. And so Roman Catholics' understanding of the descent into hell, traditional Roman Catholic teaching, is almost identical what Lutheran Christians believe, teach, and confess. There are some Roman Catholics that teach this harrowing of hell, but then all of a sudden, this, uh, this gentleman by the name of Hans Urs von Balthasar uh, came onto the scene, and his private teachings became very, very popular in the church. He um, uh, was good friends with uh, a cardinal um, who became pope, and this was Pope John Paul II, uh, he also became very, very good friends with uh, the most recent prior pope, uh, Joseph Ratzinger, now uh, our, uh, pope, pope Benedict, pope Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, and so uh, he has been been praised and given all these uh, accolades in the church. He was never made a cardinal, but his teachings now are extremely popular, and. Uh, Balthazar did not come up with his teachings on his own. And we're talking about specifically hit the, the teaching on the descent into hell. Yes, yes. And, and anybody that hears this name, while he's written many, many, uh, on many, many topics, he is famous for his teaching on the descent into hell. So he, what, what made him so famous about he, this? He built on the teachings of Cardinal Henri du Lubac. Oh, Lubac, the French... The, the, the French mystic. Yes. The French mystic. And the most prominent piece of theology that kind of ties everything together for uh, von Balthasar is the descent into hell. And all of this took place, uh, all of this really came into the forefront in the early 20th century. We're talking uh, 1900, 1910, 1915. This is when all of this, so this has been around for over 100 years in the Roman Catholic Church and has had a lot of time to uh, to take gestate and then uh, uh, to, bear fruit. To, gest, yeah. to, to gestate <laughs> and take, uh, take form. And uh, um, in a sense, the, the uh, understanding that God wants all people to be saved, clearly taught in Scripture. First Timothy. Yep. And many, many passages. And the clear passages that teach that uh, there is uh, punishment and consequences for sin and that there is a place of eternal torment, uh, Sheol or Gehenna, um, hell. And these two things were not compatible 
these two polar extremes were not compatible in uh, von Balthasar's mind. It was a contradiction, a paradox. And so to solve the paradox, he began to study uh, uh, de Lubac, and all of a sudden things started to come, become more clear. The key to the paradox in, uh, in this understanding of, of von Balthasar is Christ's descent into hell. And what brought it together was his encounter with this French mystic lady, uh, Adrienne von Speyer. Uh, Swiss, Swiss, Swiss. Swiss mystic, excuse me. I and von, let's not forget von Balthasar is Swiss as well. Okay. So you have you have the Swiss theologian and the Swiss mystic, mystic that come together, and they came up with a movement called Nouvelle Théologie, a new theology, a new theology, and it is based in the love of God and the saving, the universal saving will. Of God, doesn't that sound already eerily similar? So let's let's recap what you've just tr- explained. Is that with with von Balthasar's teaching on the descent into hell? What he's done here is he's tried to solve a paradox in his mind. Never good. Yeah, right. Never try and do that, folks. But in any event, the the paradox is that on the one hand, Scripture teaches that God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And on the other hand, you have scriptural teachings that there are people who do not believe and are going to go to hell. So you have extreme opposites, wants all men to be saved, and yet there are going to be people who go to hell. So he's using the descent into hell to try and solve this supposed paradox or contradiction. Is that correct? That is that is a marvelous uh, explanation for what we just said. So where does this lead then? Oh, I hear music, which means we have to take a break. So in the meantime, folks, we'll come back. Hang on tight. It's the house telling you to close your eyes. You are listening to KNNALP 95.7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is your Healthy Theological Radio Addiction Table Talk. We've been talking about Christ descended to hell from 1 Peter 3 and how uh, theologians now have been using Christ descended to hell to try and reconcile what they consider to be contradictory teachings in Scripture, namely that uh, God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy, and at the same time other passages in Scripture which teach that there is a hell and that people who do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior, will go to hell. So how can that possibly be, these theologians ask. And so lo and behold, we have a theologian named Hans Urs von Balthasar who says, I'm going to use this text and this teaching to reconcile this contradiction. And lo and behold, instead of using Scripture to do it, he uses mystics, mystics who have experiences like an Adrian von Speyer. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tee it up with von Speyer because I want to make this point. What did von Speyer say about a mystical experience that she had? She descended somewhere, didn't she? She descended into hell she with said, Christ. Oh, see, there you go. Can, yeah. can we say she 
supposedly, or she oh, believes she did. In her mind, yeah, just to be clear. In her heart. Uh, I, I don't know if, you know, uh, at that time, um, you know, pre-World War One time, it was very, very common for people to take certain kinds of drugs or opiates, uh, to smoke opium, to enhance uh, a mystical vision. I don't know if there's any of this stuff going on or if this is, uh, you know, in her own mind, a natural kind of a thing. But she descended with Christ into hell. This is what she asserts. Now, keep in mind, she's a mystic, which means mystics. This goes all the way back to the Middle Ages, etc. But mystics teach that they can have an experience with God apart from his word. Did you hear what I just said, folks? You can have an actual real encounter with God without and apart from the word of God. And the experience then becomes the sine qua non. That is to say, the experience is what informs you of the truth, the absolute categorical truth. So I'm pushing this because, see, Baltasar, in trying to reconcile these two teachings in Scripture, goes to a mystic. This is his clincher, isn't it? Yes. So a supposed experience of a woman who supposedly descended to hell with Christ is now going to reconcile these supposed contradictions in Scripture. Folks, seriously, I'm, I'm warning you, never fall for this trap. This is satanic. When anybody claims to have experience or revelation from God apart from his word, this is of the devil. Okay. Now, I interrupted you, Clint, to make this point, but go on with von Speyer, her contention about descending into hell with Christ. Okay. Um, beginning on Good Friday, 1941, and continuing each Good Friday until 1967, the year she passed away, Adrian von Speyer chronicled a unique journey. She claimed that she experienced the mystery of Christ's Trinitarian abandonment as she descended into hell with Jesus. Von Balthasar describes Speyer's mystic or mystical experience this way. Adrienne unlocks a hitherto scarcely developed part of the theology of redemption. On Good Friday, the son's love renounces all sensible contact with the father so that he can experience in himself the sinner's distance from God. No one can be more abandoned by the father than the son because no one knows him and depends on him as much as the Son. But then, after Good Friday, comes the final, the most paradoxical, and most mysterious stage of this loving obedience, the descent into hell. In Adrian's new experience and interpretation of hell, this means descent into that reality of sin which the cross has separated from man and humanity the thing God has eternally and finally cast out of the world, the thing in which God can never, ever be. The Son has to go through this in order to return to the Father in the ultimate obedience of death. All right, now, what in the world does that mean? Put this in layman's terms. What does this mean? Well, it is gobbledygook. 
uh, I wanted to give you that quote, and that is from um, one of the probably the second most famous book of von Balthasar, um, Our Task. And that's Ignatius Press, 1994. Uh, Dare we hope that all might be saved is his most famous work. And this this is precisely what uh, the former Missouri Synod pastor who went Roman Catholic, John Richard Newhouse, uh, contends in one of his most famous books, Death on a Friday Afternoon, uses the same terminology. But that's a side note. Keep going. Again, I want you to, to put in layman's terms what von Balthasar is trying to say with Christ descended to hell. There is a possibility of salvation for all people. All you have to do is have hope. The church has always taught the existence of hell, but the church has never taught that any man or woman was actually in there. This is according to Balthazar. So hell becomes like uh, a threat, a threat to keep you from being naughty a threat to get you to do the right thing. So, Speyer says that she descended into hell with Jesus and experienced what hell is really all about. Christ's humanity is stretched because the humanity of God is foreign to the Trinity. The incarnation has to be stripped away. This is Trinitarian love. And the only way this can happen is in the descent into hell. So the incarnation, uh, Jesus being true man, is stretched and stretched and stretched until it no longer exists. The Son left the Father when he became a human being. So the only way that he can return to the Father is to stop being a human being. So this becomes not only an error with regard to justification, this becomes an error with regard to the incarnation, and that means it is an error with regard to the Trinity. Sin is brought inside the Son when he is literally made sin in Sheol, which is not the same as hell, according to Balthazar. And then the relationship between the Son and the Father is finally brought together by the love of the Holy Spirit. Trinitarian love engulfs sin and destroys it. Since all sin is destroyed by Christ's descent into hell, we now have the hope, the real hope, of universal salvation because this Descent into hell is not a one-time thing, but it is an ongoing reality as Christ is continually descending into hell so that love can win. Pastor Kuhlman, you are sitting there with this look on your face like, what in the world are you saying? Well, I, I'm not you know, what you're saying, but it's what von Baltasar is saying. Yes. I, I, uh, I have done my best to give. I mean, I've studied this stuff a lot. Um, I have done my best to give a fair and accurate description of what the, the folks in the Roman Catholic Church who follow van Baltasar believe, teach, and confess. Let's see if we can sum this up quite neatly. Okay. I, I hear what von Balthasar says, 
And let's try and sum it up for our lay people who are listening to this. Von Balthasar, what he's doing is he, he, number one, can't properly distinguish between the law and the gospel. That's, that's a no-brainer. But secondly, what he does is he, he, is, he introduces things into his teaching that scriptures don't teach. Scriptures clearly teach that God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's absolutely true. And on the other hand, Scripture teaches that if you, Jesus himself says it. You don't believe in me, you're going to go to hell. You don't have eternal life. But if you do believe in me, you do have eternal life. Okay? That's just clear. But he can't live with that. And so he can't preach the law in the way that God wants the law preached. Namely, I'm here to tell you you're a sinner. And if you don't repent and believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to go to hell. He, he won't do that can't do it cannot cannot equate that or or balance that with the fact that god is love right right and and so he he simply can't do that so he has to introduce all kinds of things that are going on in and in and uh inside the trinity that scripture doesn't reveal what he said scripture doesn't teach clearly do you understand this uh it doesn't even teach it uh at all. At all, not even unclearly, if right. that's a word. But see, the, when, when you cannot preach the law in the way that the law is to be preached, namely to condemn sin and sinners, then you end up with von Baltasar. And that you, have, you, have, you have nobody in hell at all, eventually. Now, that's his hope. See, to put the best construction on it, he hopes that all will be saved. I think we have to emphasize that to put the he best construction on it. He hopes it, and it is, it is pure potential. Yes, yes. And you have a lot of this potential talk in some, some uh, quarters of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, right I, think now. For, I think for our money to, to make this neat, I'm going to do the best I can off the top of my head and by the seat of my pants here, is when you can no longer preach the law in the way that Scripture and God wants the law to be preached, as I just said, then this changes Jesus and his work of atonement. Namely, that when he suffered and died on the cross, you eliminate, if you run with von Balthasar, you eliminate his unique propitiatory atoning death that includes taking the damnation of the law and the curse of the law in our place. And when he does that, it's done. It's done. And so what you have with von Balthasar, you don't have a Jesus a Jesus who is a substitutionary atonement, uh, but rather one who continually suffers, suffers, and you suffer with him. This is part of the mystical experience with von Speyer, is the Roman Catholic teaching on this is that Jesus alone doesn't save. You have to be incorporated in this together with him in some way, shape, or and, form. And I know that Pastor Moline won't like to hear this, but... Um uh, it is uh, clearly taught in the Roman Catholic Church that this is the purpose of the Easter Vigil. The purpose of the Easter Vigil is not in, in Roman Catholic teaching is not to look forward to the joy of Easter resurrection, but to look backward to Good Friday and the descent into hell and to mystically enter into that journey with Jesus every year. And that topic right there is huge. Isn't that even in their their understanding of the sacrifice of the mass? All these things. Yes, they, correct. I mean, yes. To put it put it quite simply, I'm going to make a general statement to make my point. With Roman Catholic theology, God's word doesn't do what it says, and since God's word doesn't do or give anything essentially, then action is what does it, and it's our action that we get on in on. And this this goes back to a Roman Catholic theologian named 
Odo Cassell, C-A-S-E-L, Odo Cassell, who taught, he was a faithful Roman Catholic, folks. Let's be honest. Odo Cassell was a faithful Roman Catholic. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not some fringe lunatic Roman Catholic. And he taught what I'm just telling you, is that you go to Mass, you go to Mass not necessarily to hear the Word of God, which through the law will kill you and show you your sin and kill the old Adam and then be raised through the preaching of the forgiveness of sins, but rather... The words don't do anything. You can't count on words, but rather it's the actions that you do. And it's, it's, it's how paganism has infiltrated the church. I've really opened up a can of worms by saying that, but it's absolutely true. Paganism has infiltrated the church. Pagan philosophy, uh, where you, you get in on the, the actions. And so the mass... It's not, the, it's not the real presence of the body and blood that's the most important thing for Roman Catholics. It's the real presence of an event and getting in on the event and offering a sacrifice together with Christ to atone for sin. Oh, my goodness. You get your punch card punched, and then after enough punches, you get to go in heaven. To, uh, to quote Kuhlman to Kuhlman, when you think you have better words than the Lord, you are always in trouble. I hope this was helpful for you folks. In the meantime, stay Lutheran, my friends.